Hey, welcome everybody to Five Pin Universe's 28th podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. We have the regulars, the Wiseman Twins, Adam Weber, and our special guest is Tyler Tickett. Uh, 2018 WCB Tour Finals Champion. And uh, he was just speaking before the, we started recording that he was going to be the two, first two-time winner. So uh, just a heads up for everybody that's going to run into him. Uh, so we'll bring that up as our first topic. The brackets are, have been already released to the competitors. Um, so Tim's first match is against Gary Barrett. And the winner of that plays Dexter Wiseman. And then me and Tyler play on the other side. And the winner of our match plays Adam Weber. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on your matches? And uh, I guess you shouldn't root against anybody, but I guess who would you rather run into out of those matches? Not Gary Baird. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to face him for a while. Hey, I'm okay with Tim in the final two, so. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I don't know, I... I I definitely, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to face Tim, but if I, I don't want Tim to lose first round either. So I guess that means I want to face Tim, but, uh, I'd be interested to see how Tim reacts facing me on camera. Cause it seems like every time I face him, he turns into a dink and won't high five me, <laughs> look at me, will sit and stare the other direction and just like. Not socialized. So I wonder if that'll change on camera. So I'm rooting for to face Tim. That that's what I want. I usually shake your hand real early too. So <laughs> I can't shake your There's hand that. until tenth frame. Yeah, yeah. No. What are you guys' uh, records? <laughs> what, what's your record oh, head to head? Well, w- worse than yours and mine. So uh, <laughs> that tells you something. <laughs> yeah, that's not good, Timmy. <laughs> no. We we played at Collingwood once, and I remember we were on. I think it was nine and ten. Nine ten, and I shook his hand in the third game of the third frame, and he's already at nine fifty or something, and he had double. And I intentionally shook his hand so it wasn't a thousand. I just, and he's like, everybody's like, well, what are you doing? Like, he could have a really good score. Doesn't matter. I'm shaking his hand before he gets a thousand. <laughs> Was that the year so, he won, Tim? Uh, I think so. I think, and then he faced Mike Herbert, and Herbert shot like four fifty for for three. So. I heard something, something really, really. Low. That was that was the first time I had ever met Mike Herbert, and I had no idea who he was or what was going on. But I just remember him losing his mind on the lanes, and I, I love Mike. I like he's turned into yeah. one of my absolute favorite people. But I had no idea who this guy was, and he was losing his mind. I, I faced him twice. I faced him on both sides. And I beat him both times, but all I know is like I felt comfortable right away because he was losing his mind in like frame three. So I was like, okay, let's let's throw some strikes. But uh, yeah, but that's when I first met Mike, and I I, I love Mike. He's yeah. but he is uh, he's a character on the lanes. But uh, so yeah, me and Gary, I, I, we don't really have much history, honestly. Though we maybe we played a few times at the open against each other and stuff. But uh, as for the WCBT or any cash event, I think I. Faced him in the 16s in Calgary before, but that is about it. I I, I can't. I beat him once because he he won five miss in ten, and I struck out I think, and I was part of my run to win on the on the Wednesday. Um, <laughs> because uh, I remember because I beat him by like two I think, and then uh, and the extra fifty points ended up being pretty pretty big. But 
I don't really have much history against Gary. Obviously, Gary plays really super well with his little small four and three quarters, three six balls at, at Heritage, and and I would think he would have the advantage right now because he knows that place pretty pretty darn well. Well, I think that's the thing with the all twelve players that are there. Anybody can win in ten frames, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's no decided advantage over eight game block or anything like that. So. It, it's going to be tough for anybody to beat anybody on that given day. But I wonder if like a little history does play into it. Like the Adam and Tim record. Does that pop into your mind, Tim, if you ever run into Adam ever again? Do you think about that while you're on the lanes or? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'll say this right now. Not in this situation. I'll be honest with you. Not in this situation. I think, I'm not going to lie, uh, the singles and probably for the open, no no doubt in my mind that would come in my head. Um, I'm not going to lie, when, when Gino totally missed the side, I looked at myself and said, well, F me. I'm scared that I'm not the situation I wanted. Nothing against Gino because Gino can definitely play, but Adam just is in my head with that. But I think for this event, I don't think so. I, I think I'll be just fine because it's the one game, you know, and anything can happen, you know. Yeah, and you only need like five and a half frames one, right? Yeah. So it's so it's not a totally different format there as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless unless you're like Cody Laycock starts seven bag of corner expert against me, I mean I can't really do much about that. But uh, sure you can throw an eight bagger. <laughs> In a pins game, you only need a four bagger to carry it over to the eighth frame. Yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I totally agree that. The format of this is so much different. Even like talking records wise, I've not done well against Carrie in the tour events. But it's the pins game is so much different in that it, it's it's so much easier to just okay, you punch that frame, you take fifteen, you're gonna lose it. The next one you throw a strike and you're back in the game. Like it's it's so much different. And that's kind of how I got through last year was bowling people like Mitch and Brad Resnick and even you, Dexter, it's like oh, crap, okay, I took 15, or I took 9, or whatever. You lose that frame, but you can throw a double, and you're forcing a carryover. Yeah, so. exactly. I think, I think it's the most mentally draining kind of format, too, right? Because it's not like you can throw a couple strikes. It, you have to focus on every ball, even the, even the pin count. Oh, totally. A 15 to a 13 frame, it's huge, right? You yeah. know, and the not the first ball you, matters you, so much, though. Like, it, yeah. It's really the first ball. The the second ball, hopefully you're picking out a single pin or something like that, but a plow, <laughs> it's, I don't know, seven out of ten times that costs you the frame. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't think it's as mentally draining as some people think because what other format do you actually have a chance to reset after a frame, right? So if you're able to just literally let that frame go mentally reset, I, I think it's a wonderful format for, for the mental side. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a double-edged knife. It, it's it's up to the bowler if they can do that or not. Because there's a there's a lot of people out there that can't just because we played the game that we played it for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been how many years since we've had a competitive pins game tournament? That there's, I mean, last year that was the first time I'd ever played a pins game tournament, and I was not comfortable in it at all going into it. Right, so it really depends on what you're resetting from. If you're resetting from losing a frame and punching, that's one thing. But if you're resetting from like the environment, that's a lot harder. And it is a very unique environment. 
yeah, experience plays such a big factor, just being in that moment. And uh, this is what, Tour Championship 4 or 5? Well, this is the uh, third year of the third, third of year the finals. Of taking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the like for for somebody like yourself, Carrie, right? You've had that extra year on top of everybody, yeah. and there's no doubt in anybody's mind that that extra year experience is crucial for you, right? Yeah, you you know what you, to expect. It's hot because the lights are right on you. Uh-huh. It's you feel everybody watching you. Like it's different than even an open or a masters where you have a small crowd behind you. It's literally you're the only person throwing a ball at that time in the whole place and all the audience all the cameras everything is on you <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're right next to you. and you and there's commentators that you know are there talking about it too right like it, there's so much pressure on top of it it's it's a different atmosphere and that and that's what i think it's so unique right i love it mm-hmm. i think this year in particular is going to be slightly different because we're not doing the uh, the round ahead of time. Yeah. So there, there's going to be a lot less, I guess, drainage uh, of people trying to, to, to get seated yeah. uh, properly. So I think people are going to come in a little bit fresher. Um, everybody knows who they're going into basically weeks ahead, yeah. which I think, you know, they start getting that, that mental side ready to go. So I, I, I expect scores to be probably higher. I think there's just going to be more focus going into that first match, especially, and that it's uh, then it's a crapshoot, right? Yeah, and like we're giving, I do believe there's two hours of practice time ahead, so lots of time to find your lines and all that, all that good stuff without having that that seeding round, right? Because you have the the event the night before, which everybody's a part of, instead of the pins game challenge that you would have to put money up to be a part of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do with the lanes. I wonder if uh, they'll, they'll be, you know, super greased up like they were last year. Uh, I, I, I hope they heeded, you know, a little bit of the advice to, you know, put a little less out there because uh, that, that will create higher scoring. It's, it's uh, hard to know. Yeah. Especially when, like, okay, so there's, there's two mindsets. I know, I know Shelby, um, you know, oiled them earlier for the open and then just let it sit for the open and try to get some movement and have the oil break down a little to get in better scoring. That being said, it's also being live streamed and filmed. And I know Shelby worries about what the lanes look like. Mm -hmm. So, and the shinier they are, the nicer they look. So it's, I don't know. It's it's a coin flip. And the night before the Gallagher cup will be played on that same set of lanes, right? So hopefully there'll be some, wear on the lanes that will help dry it out a little bit i i my my hope is that there's just enough movement out there that we're actually going to see thick strikes go because it's such a crucial uh aspect especially to to the 12 that are going to be playing uh that having that thick hit it shows so much uh, of what these players you know full game is uh whereas that thick hit is is now a chop off all day and mm-hmm. we, we saw it at the open. Um, it, it did break down day over day, uh, thankfully, but there was a lot of games thrown on there uh, before it finally broke down and obviously scores start going higher. So I don't know, but for, for me, I understand you know the, the, the aesthetic look, uh, especially on camera. Uh, I know there, there's enough you know filters out there and lighting out there. It's going to look brilliant anyways. It's a beautiful center. Um, I, I, 
would love to see higher scoring, and that's one way to do it. Yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, the year I played Terry in the finals in Red Deer, in the Heritage Traditionals, was one of the years that it was crazy, super heavy oiled. I mean, it's not that it's not every year, but that year, I think, to me, really stood out. And I actually, Tim, threw the ball, or tried to throw the ball like you did, because yeah. I really liked the way that it played, where you can throw that much rotation on the ball, but not have it move, right? Like, when I'm throwing the shot, for me personally, I like to put the ball on the lane where it's going to hit the pins. Um, but I can get that rotation on there to make those pins break. Mm-hmm. So I would be okay with it being a little bit more oily. But even with your shot, do you notice a lot of dead corners? Do you, do you get chop-offs where you would normally not get chop-offs? Or is I mean, your ball, your... like, your, your ball so end-over-end, end, I'm sure it's a lot different than the most. Yeah, I would, at Red Deer, I mean, everyone throws more chops, but I, I found it not too bad, honestly, the, the this year at the Heritage, and then we were out there last week, and I didn't find there was that many dead dead shots, or, like, lazy three pins or anything. I think it's it's really, for myself, that personal execution of, like, that last inch and a half of getting the ball out on the lane or laying it down like I, I think that oil to me like I don't notice a difference with it but I know a lot of other players will so it, it's interesting like how those little changes from tournament to tournament you know you go in to the open for you guys and then you come back for the hair traditional and then you come back for this tournament and it's like you're playing at three different centers completely different yeah yeah Heritage uh, traditional play different in the open, I thought. Yeah. And uh, besides me playing better, but <laughs> but I, I thought it was different, and I I also find the approaches are different every time I'm there. Matt, yeah, and you throw masters in that too. Um, yeah. Okay. And yeah. yeah, every every time the approaches. That's the biggest thing. The approaches always seem to be a little bit different. I I think guys, with yeah. Go ahead. Would you rather play on a, a heavy approach or a fast approach? I always prefer a heavier. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I agree. As long as it's consistent. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it'll be heavy because of the lights and and the heat and the sweat. So Weber, you might need to bump up a I'm slider. Have... I want you to biff on the lane on live TV. So there's gonna be no sweat in my <laughs> matches because I've got my bandana. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, that was a joke from last podcast. I know you don't. No, listen. actually. <laughs> No, I think that was a Facebook one, wasn't it? You asked if you could wear a hat. Yeah, he's been asking that for years. (laughs) Have I I asked that before? Oh yeah, it had to be on a Facebook post because I've seen it somewhere. Yeah, Uh, hats aren't allowed, but it sounds like sweatbands are. (laughs) Oh, good. Good. Richard Simmons, yeah. (laughs) No, whoever plays Dexter needs to just make fun of him for that. That's the point. I'm just glad I'm not the one playing him, so he can he can do whatever he wants. He'll look like a fool doing it, so that's okay. I'll be good for rings. So Carrie said he's not playing but... Dexter, so does that mean you're you're giving me the win already? <laughs> no, I said not, not during that match because he's not wearing it if I'm playing him. <laughs> uh, you got to get there first. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get multiple ones. So that every time I win a match, I'm gonna throw it into the crowd. <laughs> sign it 
Yeah. <laughs> they find it right next to Johnstone you Street. You can throw it up on the Facebook buy and sell page, which is doing awesome, you guys, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a uh, 1,400 members. Topic. Yeah. 1,400 members. That's we were We were talking with Bobby last week, and he had to set up SSP retros, and he wants to unload a couple of times doesn't like doesn't know where to put it and we're like why haven't we like started a group for this and yeah i mean it's great for us at the bowling alley too because everybody brings their stuff and be like hey can you sell these for us and like we, we don't want to sell people's used stuff when we're selling new stuff right yeah so or, or store it because it's just it's just a lot of space so uh yeah even um, at bonnie june we have people's used stuff in the back so it either gets donated to ybc or kids bull free or something that comes in so it's it's nice to actually have a use for it now yeah. exactly there's an outlet and, and it's being used non-stop i mean 1400 people in it already and away we go so. and an Just... overwhelming amount of requests for original soft rolls <laughs> yeah and i'm pretty sure i have one that i'm going to give one to danny because i feel bad for him yeah that so. that was i wouldn't how many sets of soft rolls has mitch purchased already or flipped or flip. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that that that's later. It's it's only a week old. But... And he's gonna get them first, and then he'll sell them for twice as much out there. <laughs> every every sure. post for soft rolls I've seen, he's wanted them. So. Yeah, Terry, have you uh, you sell your soft rolls? Oh yeah, yeah. Who sell them to? Um, a gentleman out of Dryden, Ontario. Oh, okay, nice. Um, okay. I also bought um, a set of Comanches and a set of Tornadoes. Yeah, I bought, I bought some Comanches too. Yeah, those ones are really cool. Those are ones that I personally haven't seen. You know, being born in two thousand and whatnot. <laughs> they're all, they're all, they're all, they're all, well, they're all duck pin. They're all duck pin. Yeah, exactly. We haven't seen them because they're duck pin either. Um, that's why I bought the Manhattans too. The Manhattans are a duck pin ball, but the Manhattans haven't been been made since the nineteen seventies. Yeah. So uh, like early nineteen seventies. So that was before my time too, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Barely. it's it's been. I, I thought about the group, and I, I think the one who probably going to benefit the most is Pederitis. Every time you see him on Facebook, does anybody have these to trade or have this? Well, let's throw it in the group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brad so, wants uh, those orange and green uh, sidewinders he's got. Yeah. They're cool, but I would not pay that much money for bowling balls. They're actually pink and, and green. I mean... Yeah. Brad would probably believe that. He's colorblind, I swear. <laughs> Maybe he's just blind. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 1,400. So yeah, we're, uh, awesome. we're, we're looking for maybe a couple more admins. Maybe Carrie wants to be a min or something like that. But... He already made me uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about making Adam one too, but you know, he knows nothing. So there's no point. <laughs> hey, my, my soft... My star lines aren't for sale. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found a set exactly like yours at the bowling alley the other day, though. I'm pretty sure they're my grandpa's, but they're exactly the same as yours. Yeah. Which is yeah. interesting. I think that's going to be a good place for uh, – it's going to be one of my projects in the next couple of weeks um, is just writing up a description of all the bowling balls that we actually use in 5-pin. I won't know much about the duck pin one. Writing up descriptions for all the bowling balls – like hardness and use and whatnot. And, so um, you could reach out to Freddie though, and I'm sure he'd know have no issues well, letting you know what the duck pin ones are like, or if candle pin if they use the same. 
Yeah, cattle pins are all basically the same. But he, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, Tyler. I did not. He knows, he, okay. he knows nothing about this. <laughs> that, that was uh, something was, that we could do a video on, on like each different type of set. You could uh, test the, the hardness of them and maybe a friction test on them or some, something to that effect. And you, we could do a video of that if each set of bowling balls yeah. are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something we've discussed already, and we should definitely do. Yeah. Uh, just so that people can see the movement patterns and stuff like that, because it is interesting. But, well, it's interesting for some of us. But, uh... <laughs> well, and it seems like some of the posts in that group, like, you know, you have people asking, about, like, well, what's the difference between a star line and a, and a soft roll? And what's what works best for my shot and what works best for this and this lane and that condition? And so it, it's... It's useful information. It's not just kind of a for funsies. Let's yeah. make content. Yeah. Best part for me was was Arnie Barron, the uh, senior from Lloyd Minister, was asking about he's looking for size fourteen shoes, and our podcast buddy Tim Thompson pumps in. He's like, "Well, these are the shoes you need. Search them from your local center." And I was like, "Boom! Right? That's exactly what we needed in the sport. Right? Nice. Just I can't believe so many how I'm like not not their fault, but." How many people not from our area are very uneducated when it comes to bowling oh, totally. balls and equipment, right? So well, totally, it was a t- it was a totally recreational sport. Like say four or five years ago, like nobody had this information, right? And yeah. Now that I'd hate to say it, but the WCBTs come along and conglomerated some information, and now Five Pin Universe. Now it's becoming common knowledge, or at least there's a a place that these people can find out what this different equipment does yeah and it, and it honestly it kind of it kind of saddens me a lot that a lot of these centers like even proprietors not don't know and they should know because the last thing i want to do or dexter wants to do is just, and even tyler would probably sell something that these people don't need right and and you can see the abundance of soft rolls and star lines some of these people put up there and there's like and that's just like it's mind-boggling because maybe it's 95 percent of them shouldn't be throwing them if you're a casual totally. player, right? Yeah, totally. and, uh, um, and I just feel I feel bad for them. It's just a waste of money, right? So I just uh, I'm just I'm just sad at the amount of paramounts that are being put up and nobody's biting. <laughs> nobody's Time's buying right? those things. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I think going back to the proprietors, uh, it's it's kind of a professional pride thing. I mean, to not know the equipment involved in your game I don't think is any different than someone who sells anything in any professional environment and not knowing about it you know as much as a proprietor sells the service of bowling in a facility you you got to know what comes along with that on the the higher end side of it so I mean some of it comes naturally to proprietors I mean if they're involved in that right exactly yeah Um, but the ones that don't I mean uh, at least read the descriptions there's, there's in the bowling ball, in the in the catalogs, absolutely. Even in the EPCO catalog, it gives a little bit of a description. It tells you totally. what it's made of and a hardness scale. Now, and if you don't get enough from that, ask your bowlers. They, there's more than enough people out there in every part of the country that's more than willing to say, "Oh, a soft roll is going to move more than a, an Aramith hard roll will." Yeah. yeah. And here's why. Exactly. No, no, nothing bugs me more when you see a 140 average come in wearing SST8 
It's like, man, you shouldn't even need to wear those things unless you wanted to spend that money. Okay, we sure, had but... a family come in the other week at the bowling alley, and the I don't know, he must have been eleven or twelve, was returning to YBC this year after not bowling for three or four years, and then his mom bought him brand SST8s. And I'm just like, if, if you're gonna spend the money, okay, but not only is he gonna outgrow those in a couple of years, but is he really going to utilize the interchangeability of the slider and heels? No. Yeah. No. Exactly. But Well, look for those on the buy and sell in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But yeah, Kara, that is something we should work on. But uh, I think I will write up just a, a text description of each of them and and maybe a quick explanation as like to the durometer readings, the the hardness scale, because uh, even if you look through the catalogs, at least at least it'll give people a rough idea of what to expect from them. Yeah, you got to fig- outside figure out a way to do a, a friction test too, so you yeah. know how much they grab wood lanes or synthetic lanes or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Step two. <laughs> Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> subscribe to Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I'm bringing the durometer down to uh, the tour finals so I can discuss some things with Danny too. I think that's something. But it's also interesting. We're also gonna do down there at the tour championship is we're gonna get everybody. We're gonna weigh the bowling balls and measure them for size. So at least the commentators can add a little piece of information to the match. Like Tyler's throwing error myths right now and. He's throwing Not four true. and seven eights, three ten or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> I'm um, actually gonna throw soft rolls that weekend. Oh, you're not. It, you're gonna change. I don't know. That's what I, I use. Last actually, weekend. Tyler, you know what you should use? Use the house balls. They're greased right up. Probably perfect oh, for you. The thing. The house balls are actually fantastic. <laughs> no, their house balls always. Oh yeah, says the guy with the WCBT profile picture with a house ball in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was going for a corner. Oh, my third you ball. have no proof on that at all. Yeah, it is. Have you ever seen me use a house ball on the first ball? Never. Never. It's only on it's only on chop spares, corner spares, and my third ball. You should try your own ball for corner spares and heritage. <laughs> no, uh, appar- apparently it's my line. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Let's put it down on the one board on the right. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're not wearing my bowling ball. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's that's a no go. Yeah, we are. No, no, yeah. no, you're not. Yeah, because are. no, no, you're well, not. Well, now because I'm really interested if they're legal. It's four and it's four and seven eight three eight, but you're not gonna wear it. Actually, we can because it's in the rules. We're the rules. Show me the rules. How much is the three eight? The, the rules. They have to be. <laughs> Weight. If they're not proper weight, you can't use them. So oh, you have to weigh they're, them. They're, they're, pro- they're proper weight. Ooh, you for prove sure. it. Prove it. <laughs> so Whatever. Why, why don't you want them weight then? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's always going to be like, oh, you're throwing a baby's ball? Yes, because I know they're, they're worn down from 3 Jerry to probably Barry's already playing with a baby's ball. It doesn't, <laughs> so doesn't matter. I think to you. Tough, tough one, Tim. You're part, you're no. part of it. I, I just don't know why the president is taking advantage of his WCBT rank. Uh, I'm playing in it too. Me. 
Try to throw me in, try to get me in my kitchen? No, that's that's, I'm, I don't, that's not fair. Nope, not happening. I don't know why then the Alberta uh, Alberta <laughs> five pin vice president doesn't want to follow the Canadian five pin rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Gary Barrett needs to send out a big thank you to Carrie right now for getting in Tim's kitchen and just totally throwing him off his game. You know what it is? It's it's called bullying. It's called bullying. <laughs> is it Tim? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just sit sit there. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. And Tyler, you know you're you're a hundred percent not against bullying. So that is crap, Terry, okay? So <laughs> I will always stand against bullying when it's actually bullying. <laughs> hey, there's there's a lot of money on the line here, Tim, and everybody should be throwing legal Oh it is legal equipment. It is legal. Is it? Well there should oh. there's there should be proof. There okay. should be mark. There should be markings. All right, you're di- you're just you know you're just, you're going against me, right? You're just you're going against my character. I'm you know whatever. No, we're not. No we're, we're just <laughs> you're trying to you call make me up, sure everything's legal. You're calling legal. me a liar. You're calling me a liar. No, let me get. It's, let me, not, it's not happening. Perfect. Let me guess. No, no, no P test either, Timmy. <laughs> Who's <laughs> next in line? Uh, that's a good it's question. Probably, oh, I don't know. You know, you know Mur- Murphy's Law is probably Johnstone. This is probably just a thing they're trying to get into. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I haven't even told Johnstone about my plan to get him more information to commentate on. That's but you've, you've brought it into a rules issue, which great. it was never no, meant no, to be. That's but... great. You know what? I, I want to I wanna use, use my hard roll that weekend anyways. Yeah. That's fine. We'll, we'll need those measured also. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, Weigh my hard roll. I'm using hard rolls that weekend. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, okay, whatever. Whatever, good guy. <laughs> Tim, you are so biased. Wow. This is really yeah. good. I like it. I like it. It's made for TV, I know, eh? And I'm not swearing, so screw you. <laughs> I just can't wait for the Facebook post tomorrow where everybody's just going to be calling you a big baby now. It's perfect. I oh, love it. Whatever. Annoyed five pin bowling guy. I believe there might be a meme available. Is, 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 is he is he even around? He's been kind of dead lately. <laughs> it's summer. What do you expect from the guy? Oh. I'm shocked we're still doing these during the summer. Me too. Well, well, four of us have a job out of five, so I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm still getting paid for two more weeks. <laughs> Okay, let's right. bring up another topic. <laughs> well, they didn't tie. They, uh, you know, Timmy did bring up, you know, the the anti bullying and all that as well. Yeah, uh, right. I know. Was it earlier this year or late last year? Uh, you were kind of spearheading a, a campaign for anti bullying. Yeah, totally. So at the end of our season, no. um, in Edmonton at least, we have a really big tournament. Uh, it's called the Youth Classic, and so. There's a bunch of details into it, but essentially almost the entire Edmonton YBC program comes to together for one weekend for this tournament. And we thought it was a really good time to just address some issues regarding people's respect for each other and during in the game. And, and you know, there's always incidents no matter what, whether it be in bowling or outside of bowling. And, and it's something that I've personally dealt with, and I think it's it's important that in a smaller sport community, especially one that's struggling as it has the last few years to, to have members, especially in the youth ranks, that we, we stand together and we're not tearing each other down. Because it's, it's so easy 
for kids to just immediately go to that negative at a competitive level and be like, well, I don't like this person because they beat me. And they twist it to be, well, I don't like them because they're mean or they're rude or they're arrogant or they're this and that and that. So I just thought it was important that we we reached out to the community and we told them, look, it, like we are we're a family, essentially. And you can't expect the sport to grow and evolve and develop when you're bad mouthing every person you play against. Yeah. Being a better person trumps being a better bowler any day. 100%. 100%. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the adult community, we have such a great repertoire amongst people and this this great relationship amongst everyone that we can bug each other and give each other a hard time, like Tim with his three bowling <laughs> balls, that it works. Well, a lot of those kids, they see that, but they don't know where that line is. And so it goes yeah. too far. So a lot of it is just they, they haven't grown up yet. And I mean, maybe I haven't either. Like, there's a lot of times that I'm sure I've crossed a line with people. Mm. So it's just it needs a reminder to <laughs> to not do that. You know, it's, you just you need that outside wake up call of being like, hey, you got to yeah. respect your, your opponents, whether you bowl with them every weekend. And I see them every Sunday at YBC. Or if I see them once a year at nationals, the, everyone deserves the same amount of respect on the lanes. We're all there for the same reasons. We're all there to have fun, to be the best we can be. So, yeah, I, I tell you what, uh, Tyler and we had this at I think it was at our E5 meeting one night. We had an incident and we had a long discussion about it. And I, kudos to Tyler and uh, Tegan McCarr for stepping up and doing this. Uh, definitely role models within our youth. So uh, we were pretty proud of you, Tyler, for doing what you were doing. I appreciate. I, I, I th- I think a lot of the youth too. The biggest problem is it's it's so clicky and they're emotional sometimes. 100%. And, and you know 100%. when we grow up as adults, I mean at least at least most of us. I know the guys. We can all get along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe not ten minutes ago, but my bowling balls. But, um, but we all got along we, fine. It was yep. not a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, totally. But at, by the end of the day, we can have a beer. We can discuss. We can we can have we can agree to disagree and move on. Hundred uh, percent. With the youth too, and I, and it was never I don't think with you, but I think a lot of people and and maybe don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of people misunderstood Brad growing up. I think. Um, I can hundred percent. And and I think Brad is very uh, he's very strong willed when on the lanes, and I don't think they gave him the opportunity off the lanes sometimes. No, hundred percent. His and, passion and, comes through in a very yeah, very unique and, way. So. And you can see, I think, as he's gone in the adults, he's, I think, gotten better, and he's progressed. And um, I think that's the difference between youth and adult. I mean, look at him and Evan. I mean, him and Evan probably didn't really do do a lot together. Now now they talk a lot together, right? 100%. So it's, it's I live with that guy 24-7, and let me tell you, he, he really does have the biggest heart yep. for the bowling community. Absolutely. And, and it sucked as a youth that a lot of people didn't see that. All they saw was that crazy energetic exterior but it, it's because he loves the game and he loves everyone in the game i mean we all disagree with certain people but deep down he would do anything for bowlers yeah to to yeah. do better and that that's the biggest life lesson there too is like just give people the the opportunity to have a conversation outside of throwing a ball because oh, seeing somebody throw a ball for three seconds does not define that person right 100%. um I mean, especially how many, in such a highly emotional sport. So, how, 
Yeah. yeah. How many people uh, uh, having conversations with Brad is has always been one of my favorite things. He's he's such a smart kid. Um, he thinks the game nonstop, and yeah, like you said, he's got a huge heart. So, um, you guys have a great family. Yeah. Thank you. If uh, how many people out there would never give Gino a chance, right? If he just oh, totally. move on the lanes, right? Totally. I mean, obvi- obviously, Kerry has a better person, know him way better than anybody else. He's related to Gino, uh, but uh, I tell you what, he's probably one of the best guys I know. And you know, uh, again, like give the opportunity outside the lanes. I, I just don't think youth is like that, unfortunately. You know, no, um, no, and part of that's just growing up. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 So it was. Oh, get that yeah, the anti-bullying thing was awesome. So thank you, Tyler, once again. You're welcome. Um, so we'll just kind of segue into our guest questions for you, Tyler. Um, so oh, geez, okay. I, yeah, this is something. Tim, you said too. there was no quiz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Liar. Have you never heard of a pop quiz? <laughs> yeah, what I was asked, your favorite I podcast? specifically said, is there a pop quiz? I can pull up the text. You can't tell a person if there's a pop quiz. <laughs> I asked him. I expected full disclosure. De- he's now a liar purpose. about quizzes and his bowling ball size. can't trust a damn word he says Uh, so who is your bowling mentor oh good question um coach or mentor i feel like there's a big difference there uh take it however you wish okay coach my sister she's gonna hate that i say that she's involved with bowling but she really developed my skills into what it is today uh mentor I would honestly probably say the Wisemans just because with Desiree's relationship with them, I've known them the longest and, and they were probably the first introduction I had to adult bowling. Um, so, you know, it's with anything, that first exposure to it is, is the one you kind of latch on to. Um, so, you. yeah. yeah, totally. Wow. And I mean, there's two, the, the whole brother element with it. You, so. you don't have to pump the Wiseman's tires anymore. They're, it's okay, because then when I meet big. them in the finals, they'll let me win. <laughs> I already like did that, that once. <laughs> and you're going to do it again. <laughs> uh, your favorite tournament, and it doesn't have to be WCBT, it could be a YBC program tournament, um, but just I, your favorite one overall. 100% will say Youth Challenge every time. I mean, I'm sure that will come to change as I bowl adult tournaments. But Youth Challenge, it's it's that tournament now so more than with the YBC changing over the years that you really get that community involvement with the kids hanging outside out, out of the lanes. The tournament itself is super competitive, lots of fun to play in. But like the time you spend in the hotels is just like top notch bonding material. Uh, so what's in your arsenal? What bowling balls do you use? What shoes? So I have custom shoes. They're Adidas, which to bowling shoes, join the bandwagon like everyone else. Um, I have six bowling balls in my bag. I have my Aramith hard rolls, which are four, seven, eights, three, eights. I use those most of the time. Like that'll be the balls that I put on the rack first and then when I've decided that it's obviously the bowling ball's fault and not mine, then I'll switch. Uh, <laughs> probably to soft rolls first. <laughs> so na- at now, Red Deer, at Red Deer, there was an asterisk on that deck there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have soft rolls. I have two sets, but I'm using my bigger ones. Uh, I just 
find that I, I don't know, I like that bigger ball in Red Deer, actually. On the contrary to Gary, I, I like that bigger, heavier feel. Um, so I believe they're 378s, 310. You can weigh them. I don't really care. <laughs> and then so I have... So you said they were soft rolls? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if they're 310, then they'll be 4 and 15 16 Honestly, I have no idea. I bought them secondhand uh, before the buy and sell page, but... <laughs> now you know. Now I know. Uh, and then I have a set of Paramounts that my mom won in a silent auction, I think. <laughs> I have no idea what size they are. But, yeah, that's about... And then I have my bowling towel, which is the very first bowling towel I ever have, so it's got, like, a cartoon elephant and dolphin on and everyone makes fun of me for it but i have no shame that thing's got to be dirty <laughs> uh it, i actually i just washed it because it was it was a little gross for it was what i used to polish my bowling balls if any i don't know tim and dex have me on snapchat they thought i was very productive the other day and cleaned all my bowling balls <laughs> uh so only for one game right <laughs> no it was after red deer Oh. <laughs> um, so this is probably a super big bucket list, but what is the one event that you want to win? It, like, let's say you only get a chance to win one more tournament for the rest oh. of your career. What, which one would it be? God. Um, honestly, I would want to say this one coming up. I want to go back to back. Like it's, as much as you joke about it, like it, it would be really cool. You, no one's done it yet, and it's I think a super fun format that it it's cool. Um, if I'm talking outside of WCBT, um, I haven't had a chance to watch open singles, but I would really like to win a master singles. It's it seems like it's a really grueling process to get there through provincials. And then through Nationals, watching Brad do it in Sudbury and getting so close, like, it just... That emotional release of, like, actually getting it would be would be really, really cool. It's overrated. Bitter grapes, Tim. Bitter grapes. You, you, don't, you don't get an opinion on whether it's overrated or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, actually, I will say, going to my last year at YBC, I can still win the Triple Crown for singles and... To my knowledge, there's not been an Alberta bowler to do that, and it, it would be something that would it would mean a lot to me because since I've started going to nationals, that was like the thing. So I got yeah. one more crack at it. We'll see. Don't That's crazy this. that you you've been bowling in the WCBT events for a couple of years now, at least, and you're still playing YBC. Four years, I think. I think I started yeah. when I was 14. I can't remember. Yeah. All I remember was I played TBC was the first one that I played. I didn't make the cut, and I begged mom to give me another $200 because I was poor. <laughs> she did not. But. Yeah. It just shows how we develop our players out in Alberta, that's all. Right? So we... he's, he's been developed since he was born. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've, to, I've told this story to a bunch of people, but I remember watching you. I'm pretty sure you were five. Oh, you were either five or six years old. You were a peewee. I know that much. And you were bowling on 1560 in a shirt park, and you threw a five bagger with I did. perfect form, and you didn't even react. Like, uh, and I'm like, I don't what? think that registered in my brain what it was. 
I, I'm like this. This is this is insane. Oh, so you, like, you mean no, how he reacts now? Then it's never changed. <laughs> no, See, it's funny you say out. that because. I think that I am loud. Like, I know, obviously, compared to Brad, I am nothing. But, like, <laughs> I feel like myself, like, I am, like, I show energy. And, like, a lot of people are always like, oh, you're so, like, controlled on the lanes. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I don't know. Yeah. Both both matches I've played you at WCB2 ends, the one in, at the TPC and the one at Heritage, I didn't feel like I was bowling against anybody. I didn't even know you were there. I couldn't hear you. Didn't see you. It's because he stuck. turned side. Wow. Yeah, but he's 135 now. Guys. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He's 135. Yeah, up five pounds. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. And he's beer gut. <laughs> I don't drink beer, though. So it's like yeah. ciders and vodka sodas. Fireball. <laughs> fireball. You know, actually, Dexter, I have not tried Fireball since I said that Fireball and I were not friends anymore. So I don't know. What are standing it's always next weekend. <laughs> it's not your brother's friend either. No, it is not. <laughs> no, they are very friends. Well, what was your first made cut? I believe it was Red Deer, actually. It was Red Deer. And I remember bowling two matches in the round of 32s. I played Bradley Wilton, and I threw like a buck sixty, and I am pretty sure I punched a chair. No, and I played heard it though. You're only 130 pounds, so I might have been, like 120 at that time. Uh, and I played Shelby Crest, and I needed a 450 to make the cut, and I I started with the front seven, and then I think punched. But that's that's about it. Um. Yeah, because I actually, so the first year that I played on the tour, I went down to watch Autumn Open, had no intentions of playing, bold in like jeans and a t-shirt, which I don't, is not common for me, especially in a tournament, did make the cut. Then I played TPC and I actually intended to play it, did make the cut, and then yeah, Red Deer would have been the first one that I, that huh. I made. First cut I ever made? first person I ever played against was TPC against Mike Tweedy. And I beat him 628 to like 590. (laughs) I can't remember. I actually have no idea. I'm just as old as Tim. Actually, I'm younger. Still makes you old. Fair. Pretty sure I'm, we're we're still I am the on second guest youngest person on yeah yeah still the second <laughs> youngest person on this podcast <laughs> next to you Tyler. Uh, I, let's pose that question to everybody. Adam, do you remember your first cut? Uh, definitely would have been the autumn open. Uh, probably first year out of YBC. Remember my my first ever attempt was the autumn open. I missed the cut and then finished tied for third or something in consolation to make my money back, which was phenomenal. And then, yeah, I don't remember anything else after that. Hmm. Uh, Carrie, what about you? I don't know. Uh, Probably TPC at Collingwood, I would think. But, yeah, I I really don't know. I, I know there was quite a few times I made it through consolation. I... I I remember my first vivid memory of playing a cash tournament was 
uh, Toppler, the Autumn Open, where I tied for 40th with Ken Norris. So we had uh, one game roll off. I was at the hotel hanging out with Luz, uh, Bruce, Lynn, Gino. They were all playing cards. And then got a phone call to come down to Toppler Bowl to play the one game roll off against Ken Norris, which he beat me. And then I played the Constellation, I think at that time it was match play. Mm -hmm. And I ended up losing in the semifinal, I think. But I couldn't tell you what my very first actual making, like the 31 or the 40 was. Hmm. I'm assuming mine was TPC, but we have all the stats from back then, so I'm, I'm interested to look back. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been almost when Tyler was born, so <laughs> avoid those questions. Adams <laughs> was when Tyler was born. His before. Yeah, because it, it would have been, what was the 25th anniversary last year, Chinook, Vin, Vinny ended up winning. It was like 97 or something. Well, it's been 46 years now, the Autumn Open, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. So 21 it, years I, ago? I'm guessing, it, I'm guessing either 97 or 98. Or 98. Yeah. One, one of those two. It was the 25th anniversary. It's the, the silver one. Right. Silver banner. I want to say 97. Mm-hmm. I'm nodding like I'm agreeing. I have absolutely no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I, really... I think I think it was then, Adam. Ninety-seven rings yeah. a bell. I'm pretty old, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there, there's there's a few other questions in there too. What uh, what's your toughest match? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I don't know. There's been so many. Uh... Carrie's always been a tough one, obviously. Um, just because I denied Adam, you the title, that was all. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. And Adam, this year at Regina was really a tough one too. I thought I had you, and then you came back through like a three ninety, and I sh- was should not have been surprised. Um. And Mitch, Mitch has also been been tough for me. Um. I got lucky against him in the finals last year, like in the tour finals last year, but the few times that I played him at TPC and red deer maybe it's it's always one of the mentally toughest matches just just mitch is who he is last year you said you got lucky against mitch i do believe mitch ripped a three pin i wouldn't call that luck (laughs) wow you put the pressure on him you uh (laughs) take it how you will i will i will take it as luck that, that he was kind enough and and his mind slipped for a moment, but I, I don't know. Everyone's everyone's tough in their own way, whether it be sheer skill or mental mental block that you have to overcome. I couldn't pick one match that like specifically stands out as like nails on a chalkboard tough. So um, I guess what have you done to prepare for the tour championship coming up? Besides, obviously. Uh, throwing some games down in Heritage, but have you done any mental preparation ahead of time, or are you kind of leaving it up to the moment? Um, 
for me, a lot of it is is being on the lanes. That's that's where my mental game has to be done. I I don't visualize very well outside of a bowling alley. Um, so fortunate enough to have Brad, we'll go down and we will play pins games, not for anything, but just keeping track. Um, so a lot of it is just getting used to the format of of the tournament because it's so different from everything else. Uh, and I think mentally, it's just. You know, I won last year, but it's a totally different tournament this year because it's a new set of 12 people. Yeah. It's there. It's different matches, and knowing who you're playing going into it weeks in advance is totally different too. So I've honestly just been trying to avoid it. I think that for me is what works the best, and I'll just show up there, and it'll, it's kind of a I have nothing to lose and I have nothing to prove kind of moment. So just play in the moment. Yeah, that's honestly that's that's when I'm at my best is is just throwing the ball in the hand, as I think anyone anyone is really. Yeah. Except for Tim and his little baby balls. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Maybe he 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 might go to something else. I'll tell you what. My balls will be just fine. If any, if, if there's one that's gonna be small and illegal, it'll be Gary's. Because Gary's already told me he has to replace them. So. So are you saying you will get them weighed now? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want Gary to play with his balls, okay? So leave him alone. Well, this got awkward. Yeah, weird. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, speaking of, Tim, I do believe I was up at Sherwood Park playing the other day. And we had five dollar bets on the games. Don't you owe me like ten bucks? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I, witnessed, I witnessed that. You're gonna buy me a couple that. of beers at the championship then? I wanna buy you a beer and give you two bucks. That's basically what's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't play very well. Actually, I think at one point I was uh, two for eight on the middle. So it, it was well, real let's solid. Be, let's be fair. We were both brutal. I was just a little bit better. Yeah, 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 yeah. You shot 440s, sweep me. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> One, seven, three, and six, four. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very good. That was brutal. I want to throw some more balls, probably. Pretty sure it was yeah, better I, than you were from the back of the approach. You did. Uh, honestly, but I didn't, when I played Masters, I didn't play, I didn't even throw any practice at all before I went to Masters, between Masters and Open. I just went, so. Yeah. Showed. <laughs> oh wow wow yeah all right hey, ty, cool. I, ty, I, I think we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't ask you this question as well especially mm -hmm. from kind of that that super upper echelon youth side of it um if there's any type of sport improvement um mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on what 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 does the sport need Oh gosh, how how long do we have? <laughs> as long as you got. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it is that we need a reality check. Well, I'm gonna be pretty harsh on the youth here, and that I was fortunate enough to be at the top of my game in the youth, and and that reflects in how many nationals I've been to. But there are a lot of youth bowlers out there that average 
from the 215 to 230 range, and they carry themselves as a 260 average bowler. And it's it's tough because they see that, and then they look at the adults that average 270, 260 consistently, and and they think they're just the same. And the sad truth is that you're not. And I think that's what a lot of the game needs is just that wake-up call that even though at the youth you can make a Nationals with a 220, 230 average, that's not the pinnacle of your career and you need to keep working harder. So that that effort to always get better because we've hit that plateau where kids get to 230, they make Nationals, they win Nationals, they think, great, this is all I need to do to keep getting that result and it's not I every year NYBC wanted my average to go up I'm at a point where that that doesn't really happen especially now that I'm playing at Sherd Park and not Bonnie Dune um, <laughs> could go could go up this year wow <laughs> uh, no I've always struggled who with Park, says so. you're playing at Sherd Park this year <laughs> whether or not you want me to uh, no I think it's just kids need to keep working harder and it's it's not a matter of we need coaches to be with the kids all the time or it's not a matter of we need them doing two pin two pin head pins we need them to genuinely work harder as an athlete they they go down they throw four games but they goof around they don't do it with intention um it's it's so important to practice with a purpose and you know shout out to my mom that is what always was the conditions that we were going to practice, whether it be early on a Wednesday, early on a Sunday, whatever it may be, it was with a purpose. We weren't going to just throw four games for a laugh and see what happened. We were there to execute, whether it be corner pin practice, picking spares, match play. You know, there was always some kind of an intent to a practice. And I think that's what a lot of kids are missing nowadays. And I, I, I think there's, there's uh, no such thing as good enough. Never. You know? I, I, feel, I feel like even now, all of us, it's like we're, we're never satisfied. And I, I feel like... Until you know, you're sometimes... throwing 450s every game, you have some way to improve. Yeah, exactly. And the game is constantly changing. And you know what? Totally. Physically, you change all the time, too. I know. 100%. So, I mean, it's, it's, always, it's always a work of progress. So ne- never feel satisfied. That's, it's always interesting watching the juniors that get to like 200 and then go through that growth spur and drop back down to about like 180 because they are just so outside of their body with like Mm -hmm. this new six inches of limbs that they have and i mean (laughs) brad and i both went through it brad more so than me and i mean that kid grew like a beanstalk and not that he ever lost the game but you just you gotta like said physically you have to find those changes in yourself that there's there's always something that changes, always something that improves, whether it's synthetic lanes, new bowling balls, having to get new shoes. There's there's always something that you can do better. Always. Yep. I I think well, I personally think why you see numbers drop outside after the kids graduate and never move on is exactly what you said, Tyler. You, you, two fifteen, two thirty average bowler doesn't put, have put any effort in, gets everything he needs, makes nationals, graduates, plays the Open, plays Masters or whatever, the tour, and then absolutely gets smoked for two years. 
100%. and doesn't have that work ethic, doesn't have doesn't have 100%. the mental game, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know what, I'm not good enough. I'll see you later. Yeah, right? no, right? totally. And and I think that's a hard part. Um, I I think I think you're gonna be you're gonna have a change. I think, and hopefully not. But you're gonna once you go through, you know, finish school, you have full time job, life gets in the way. 100%. But you you already put that time in where it, you're you're already mentally prepared and your your physical abilities there, right? You put that muscle memories there. So I don't think you're yeah. ever gonna see that issue. Um, but there's a lot of kids out there that see that big problem because they don't want to put the extra time in. Totally. I'm just gonna take this like a shout out to Tom's bowling school in Saskatchewan. Like, I really don't think. As much as I credit my sister as my coach, and I 100% all the time will, I don't think without Tom's Bowling School, I would have had the the jump that I saw in myself that I did. I When I went there, I think I was like 232 average, came back the next season, and I averaged 250. Like, it just, having that, even four days of just constant bowling with a purpose and mental, like, Tom breaks you down mentally. Like, even I went last year, and he's like, why do you still come? You average higher than 75% of our coaches. Why do you still come? And it just, he really makes you think. He makes you mm-hmm. actually, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. people, so, so often we disregard bowling as, as a game. And it's, it's something that you, it's three steps in an arm swing, which, yeah, it is fundamentally, but it is a sport that there's so, so much of a psychological side to it that, I don't know, Tom really gets that. I think that's a, a lot of things like if youth are listening to this podcast or their parents, they should be utilizing these youth clinics if they have the opportunity to, because obviously they do cost do money and stuff like that. But um, as a player that came out of YBC, I didn't even know that Saskatoon had a bowling school at the time or even an Alberta program. So I, I missed out on all that stuff and you can clearly see the, the kids that go out to these things it definitely makes them better players if not better people you're spending all that time with other chill other kids coaches mentors right it totally it's gonna make you better it has it has to make you better 100 <laughs> mm-hmm. percent. and one other thing that you obviously with yourself and your brother ty like you, you guys are going to be synonymous in this sport for for quite some time uh, mm-hmm. it, and kind of as a bit of a tandem in, in that respect, um, and, and certainly a, a much higher talented tandem than the the other Wisemans that are on this podcast. <laughs> um, Amen. <laughs> uh, has there any be, ever been like a difficulty of playing head to head or with Brad? You know, we haven't actually had many opportunities to do so, um, just because we have a two year difference between us. Um, it, it always seemed like in youth he was the single and I was on the team and then once he moved up I was playing singles and he was in a different division um, so we, we actually haven't had many opportunities to play head to head or on a team we did have a few we played youth oh you challenge and all four steps together and uh, head to head I think we've only bowled each other once or twice on the tour and it's, I mean, I'm sure Tim and Dex can attest to it. It is a different match, but at the same time, it's not. Um, I think th- that yeah. first recognition of like, okay, you're my brother. But as, as soon as you step on the lanes, it's just 
someone that you've bowled with for a lot longer than other people. You know, it, it's brutal. I tell you, it's not. Because I, <laughs> it's, it is. It is not because I. I well, I don't want to lose the decks. I I obviously want to beat them, but it's it's different. Like on a one to one match, like at an autumn open, it's fine. I think because you you get that. Uh, you get it's that not so much regular. Yeah, but when when you yeah. play TPC or something at Regina, and it's life or death, three game yeah. match, it's like it's just tough. It's like just throwing practice sometimes, even though you try to mentally get in there, it's tough, right? Yeah. You've seen him throw or you bowl with him so many times, it's like oh whatever, he's throwing a double against me or whatever, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a different feeling, and uh, I, I know the one match you faced, you, fa- you shot four or five against Brad at TPC yeah, this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Um. It is. It's it's different in that you. It's different because you're facing them in a different environment. You're so used to facing them in practice or in league. Um, so when you see them in a tournament, it you, it's more so a challenge of getting over that of like, oh, I got it. Like this is actually a match. Like, like you you gotta press. Well, not press, but you gotta be in the in that match play mentality. Um, because it is really easy to just slip into like, oh, this is practice, you know, if he throws a double, it doesn't really move, it's, uh, no, it's, it's, but it pushes you too, so it's, it's a good dynamic to have, and I think part of it too changes with the environment, I mean, I, the draw that I had at TPC this year was I faced Brad, Jen and, Jen Baker and Brad were bowling each other, and then I got the winner of that match, had I won my match on that side and I did and Brad and Jen had both lost the other side so you you just that whole bang bang scenario of like worrying you know you want to see them do well because they're your friends or they're your siblings or whatever but you want to go further too so it's really it it does tug at the heartstrings because you care about the people but I don't know that's what that's what make the sports so so unique too, right? You, yeah. You get in those situations where you might be the person that ends your friend's uh, tournament to, to go deep, and it's hard because there's definitely matches you come up against your friends and you, you take it lighthearted because you don't want to be that person, and uh, it it could end up costing you the tournament too, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I th- when you're talking about mental game, Tyler, and uh, I think the sport is the for me is the hardest is, for example, the tour finals or when you play step ladder or when you just have that it just all sounds like and you're on okay and you have one game and you have to be at your best right and I think that's the mental like mental game it's that people don't really intimidating realize. setting it, it is so intimidating I last year at tour finals was like crapping my drawers playing Brad Rusnak the first match that I played just like don't be that guy that goes out in his first match like don't don't be that yeah. guy and it's, yeah. it's it is such an intimidating mentality to I felt get the same over. way too facing Kerry I, I I think that's the most nervous <laughs> no honestly I legit I was probably the most nervous I've ever been bowling ever oh, um right. and it's it's just you just don't want to be shitty forever yeah yeah it's there forever oh that's pg <laughs> no i totally I, agree with that 
the the hard the hardest part for me was when uh, it wasn't so much the match itself because I played Brett. We we've been in those situations before, but besides, okay, you're on one game. It was the music, like it was the crowd pump up when you're in there, and all of a sudden you do high fives in the first time we did it, and, and going through it, I was like, oh crap, my my adrenaline's running now because the music's there, people are cheering, right? I was like, okay, that's oh. a little bit different. I'm not used to that, right? And you sit in the back in complete isolation, and then you walk through everybody. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, a super str- strange transition because, I mean, I don't know so much for you guys, but when I'm in a tournament environment, I don't really like to socialize a whole lot. I'm very, like, I keep to myself. I, I'm on the lanes. I'm here to do a job. So you're by yourself, and then they're like, okay, you're bowling your match, and you need to be like, this like huge crowd pump up like TV personality and it's just it's that's not who some people are. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. At the, and unfortunately because this tour thing, tour finals is so young, we're we're the ones responsible for trying to sell it, right? So totally. if we don't do stuff like that does it catch an audience or does it stay in our niche? No, it's, it's a, it's a necessary evil. Um, that comes with any, any side of marketing a sport. Yeah. And, and, you know, sport, it's one of those great things because it's so unpredictable, but at the same time, that's its downfall. Yeah. Well said. I took a course on that. That's the only reason I know what <laughs> Sport management, curls 105, was the death of me. Uh, university, let me tell you. Well, all right. Um, I think we'll wrap this podcast up. Tyler, I couldn't thank you enough for joining us. Um, I know Thanks it wasn't for having me. the greatest amount of uh, headway, and Tim didn't answer all your questions to let you know there was a pop quiz, but... Uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate you uh being lighthearted and taking this podcast on and the amount of information you gave us is um definitely something we can take towards hopefully further podcasts and the tour championship and maybe the youth clinics that we uh attend right yeah i'm excited for that i'm looking forward to that one yeah friday all right guys thanks for coming on Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ty. Thanks, Tyler.